the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is in the form of a question. Why do I need a church family? Why do I need a church family? According to Gallup Research Organization, over 118 million people go to church somewhere in America. We have some 350,000 churches. They probably don't um, count the storefront churches, so we have far more than 350,000. But let me put that in perspective. If you take all of the people who have gone to a football game a baseball game, a basketball game, or any other sporting event, and you add them all up in a single year, that would not equal the number of people who go to church on a single weekend. More people will be in church this weekend than will go to all of the sporting events combined in America for an entire year. But many people who attend church don't even understand what the nature of the church is, what it is that God has called them uh, to be. They attend church for various reasons. Some of them go out of tradition. Some of them go out of guilt. Some of them go out of habit. And so the question is, why would we all get out of bed this morning and come to church? Maybe not so much for the 10.45, but for the 8 o'clock service. (laughs) The Bible says that God created the church to help his people fulfill his five purposes for their lives. This morning we are looking at God's five purposes, which are the purposes of the purpose-driven church, and how the church is meant to help us to fulfill those purposes. So I need a church family first to help me center my life around God through worship. I need a church family to help me center my life around God through worship. Now, worship is simply centering your life around God. 
God didn't put you or me on earth to live a self-centered life. He didn't put us here for our benefit. He put us here for his benefit. We exist for God, not vice versa. And God wants to be the hub of our heart, the axis of our existence, the core of our being, and the focus of our attention. He wants us to be, he wants to be the center of our life. And the Bible calls that worship. Anytime God is the center of your life, you are worshiping God wherever you may be. How do you know if God is really at the center of your life? It's really simple. You stop worrying. It's a worrying, worry is a symptom, the warning light that God is not the center of your life. When God is not the center of your life, when anything else, your career, your family, uh, your hobbies, your money, when those things take the central place in your life, then you are going to be prone to anxiety prone to fear, and prone to worry. So every time you start worrying, it is a little sign that at that particular moment, God is not the center of your life. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, 37 and 38 about worship. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus says the most important thing you can do with your life is to know and to love God. Why? Because that's the first purpose of your life. God put you on earth so that you could have a relationship with him. Unfortunately, many people go through life without having established that relationship and miss the first purpose of life. We were made to know God. Not to have a religion, but to have a relationship with God. So whenever you focus on God, wherever you, whenever you put him at the center of your life, that's called worship. And what do I do when I worship? In the scriptures, we have only one requirement for genuine worship. Jesus said in John chapter 4 and verse 23, True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. See, just um, underline in spirit and in truth. That means that God wants us to worship him authentically and accurately. And authentically, authentically means you don't just give lip service. Some person will say, I do love the Lord. But when it comes to worship, they are not thinking about him. They may be present in the house of worship, but they're not thinking about him they're thinking about the football game 
and all the other things that can distract your attention from worship. So God says when you worship him, you have to really mean it. You have to do it from your heart. It must be genuine. Otherwise, don't bother because it will not be of any value to you. So the first purpose of your life is to know and love God and to worship him. Learn to worship God every day. Worship is not just for Sunday. Worship is every day. So learn to put him at the center of your life every day. But the second thing is that I need a church family to help me connect with other believers through fellowship. Through fellowship. God wants you to connect with him, and then he wants you to connect with other members of his family and to learn to love them. Fellowship is learning to love other people in God's family. That's all that it is, learning to love other Christians in the family of God. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says, God has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members of God's own family. You want to know why you are alive? God made you to be a part of his family. God wants you in his family, and that family is going to last forever. You see, when you get to heaven one day, there are a couple of things that you are going to do in heaven. One of them is worship God. You're going to spend eternity worshiping God. Another is loving the people who are there with you. And so God says, on earth I want you to practice. I want you to practice learning to love me and learning to love one another. Because God is love. If you don't learn to love other people, especially your Christian brothers and sisters, then you can never be like God. Unfortunately, a lot of people live very self-centered lives. They live for themselves, for their own comfort, and they go through life never learning relational skills, never learning how to love other people, never learning genuine fellowship, never learning how to get along with other people. They have missed the second, person, second purpose of their life. So God didn't put us here on earth to live isolated lives. He placed us here to practice loving other people in his family. It's 1 Timothy chapter, chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 says, If I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in the God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the, of the truth. So the church is the pillar and the support of truth that we, that we need. You need more than just truth, however, to grow as a Christian. You need the support of fellow believers, those who um, share a common faith those who know the faithfulness of their God and who talk to him on a regular basis. And you, you need relationships. 
So God wants you to be healthy and uh, balanced. And to be healthy and balanced in the Christian life, you have to have both relationships and the truth in your life. If all you do is come to church and listen to the truth uh, through this sermon and then go home and that's all that takes place in your life for the rest of the week, then you are never going to grow as a Christian. A diet of one meal a week is not going to do it. You need fellowship with other believers. You can't have fellowship uh, with hundreds of people. You can only have fellowship with a smaller, small group. You need to have people around you who can uh, love you and support you, whom you can relate to, so that if you are not in church on a given Sunday, and they miss you, they're going to take up the telephone and call you to say they miss you. It's a part of what fellowship is. But if you simply come to church and then you, you leave as soon as it's over without having any relationship with anyone, without even going to the fellowship hour, then somehow you're going to be missing an important part of what the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to be. For your spiritual growth, And for you to become all that God wants you to be, you need to worship as we are doing today. And you need to have fellowship with fellow members of the body of Christ. You worship because the first purpose of life is learning to love God. And the church helps you to do that. And you need fellowship because the second person or the second purpose of life is learning how to relate to one another. And that is what the church is here to help you to do. But number three, I need a church family to help me cultivate maturity through discipleship. To help me cultivate maturity through discipleship. Now, discipleship is just the Bible word for growing up. It is the process of growing to spiritual maturity, becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. God doesn't want us to stay spiritual babies. He wants us to grow up. How? By knowing his word, by trusting his wisdom, by obeying his commands, by developing his character. A lot of people are saved, but they are still immature babies. Now, if you have children, and I have four of them, and they never grew up and remain toddlers, you would be worried about them. And God is concerned. When he looks at a person who has been a Christian for 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years and hasn't grown spiritually, And there are a lot of folk in the church who don't grow spiritually because they don't do anything to help them to grow. But the peoples, your growth is our goal. Everything that we do here is designed to help you grow. And I'm always thinking of and searching for new ways to help you grow. How do you know when you're spiritually mature? 
One of the primary ways you know is by your ability to teach others, to pass on what you know to others. This is the point that the author of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12 is making. He says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. So you ought to be teachers says the writer to the Hebrews. Though not every believer is spiritually gifted to teach, every believer is called to teach in different circumstances. We are called to teach a friend who needs some advice. We are called to teach a brother, sister, loved one, a parent, co-worker, one-on-one. The point is that every Christian is called to grow to the point that they can pass on what they know to others. Maturity is not an end in itself. Maturity is for ministry. God wants us to center our life on Christ, and we do that through worship. God wants us to get to know other believers and to grow in, in, in loving, in our love for them. And that's, that is called fellowship. And God wants us to grow to maturity, and that is called discipleship. So, number four, I need a church, a church family to help me contribute something back through ministry. Help me contribute something back through ministry. Now, ministry is not something that pastors do. Ministry is something that every Christian is called to do. It just means using your gifts and abilities to help other people. God didn't put us here on this earth just to take up space, just to use up resources, party and then die. No. He put us here to make a contribution with our life. The world is supposed to be a better place because you were here and I was here. Anytime you use your talents, your gifts, abilities, your money, your time, your intelligence, your energy, your physical skill, your opportunities, and anything God has given you to help somebody else in Jesus' name, that is called ministry. And God wants us to practice that here on earth because we are going to do that in heaven. In heaven, for eternity, we are going to do four things. We are going to love God, which is worship. We are going to love one another, uh, fellowship. We are going to grow spiritually, which is discipleship. And we are going to serve God, which is ministry. So God says, I want you to practice on earth before you get to heaven. In fact, the Bible says that our reward in heaven is going to be based on how well we serve him here. Jesus said, if we are faithful in little things, then he's going to give us greater responsibilities and greater reward in heaven. Now note, our salvation is not based on what we do. But our reward and responsibility in heaven will be based on what we do with what we have here. 
One day God is going to say to, to each of us, what did you do with what I gave you? Some people go through life basically living a selfish life. They never do anything except for money. Is there anything you are doing for others that is totally unselfish? Praise God for so many of you here in People's Baptist Church who serve in various ministries unselfishly uh, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. First Peter chapter 4 and verse, verse 10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So the way we serve God is by serving others. The only way you can serve God is by serving other people in God's name. Anytime you minister to people, anytime you help someone, you are acting as a minister of Christ. I read about a study made a number of years ago that said one half of all the men in New York City die within two years of retirement. Why? Because we weren't made for 24-hour-a-day leisure. If the whole goal of your life is just to retire, then you are missing the point of life. If you're just living to relax, then you have missed the point of living. Because you're retired doesn't mean you can't be actively involved in some ministry. Not just to sit around and, um, and think uh, and watch soap operas, but rather to become involved in some ministry in the church or in the community. Amen. Let me give you a word that you can write on your, on your, on your bulletin. It's the word whatever. And I'm not using it the way teenagers use it. What you say to God is, God, I don't know what you want me to do, but whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whatever. You see, if you will say that to God, you will be blessed beyond measure. God blesses people who say to him, whatever you want me to do in my life, I will do. You can use me. And it's uh, what a wonderful... um, place a church would be if everyone had a ministry, everyone heard the voice of God uh, saying, this is what I want you to do. And everyone who could say, Lord, whatever it is you want me to do, I will do. God blesses people who are obedient to him and who are willing to be used by him. Uh, this uh, verse is not on your, on your bulletin. Uh, but 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58 Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your work for the Lord is never in vain. Amen. Amen. But the the last um, point is that I need a church family to help me communicate God's love through evangelism. I need a church family to help me communicate God's love through evangelism. Now, evangelism simply means sharing good news. 
It means to pass on something you know that's good to somebody else. Anytime you are passing on God's good news to others, you are doing evangelism. Now, what is the good news? We could um, just simplify it by saying that um, you are not an accident. You were made to last forever. God has a purpose for your life. No matter what you've done, Jesus Christ will forgive you because he paid for your sins on the cross. God has a plan and a place for you in heaven. And that's good news. And everybody needs to hear the good news that is not just what we experience here, but there's something more to life than what we experience here in this sinful world. There's more than the disappointment and the heartache and the pain and the, and the grieving and all the things that happen to us. There's something that we can look forward to on the other side. Second Corinthians chapter 5, 17 through 19 says, Those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore, for the old life is gone. A new life has begun. All this newness of life is from God, who brought us back to himself through what Christ did. And God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. This is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others. He said God wants us to tell others. And let me give you a very simple way in which you can do some evangelism. You can bring someone to church. You can invite them to come to the house of God where the Holy Spirit can apply the word to their hearts. All you need to do is to bring them, and I will, I will do the next part of it. I will do the preaching, and you do the bringing. And um, that's the way evangelism is supposed to be. Of course, if you have the gift of evangelism and have some knowledge, then you can share the gospel with them. But there are lots of people who can't uh, share the gospel. They are afraid to share the gospel with them. So if you don't know how to do it, bring them to church. And when they, they can hear the message, and then I can talk with them one-on-one -on -one to let them know what the, what the Christian gospel is all about and what God has provided for them. So here's the question. Who do I know who doesn't know Jesus? Start praying for them and invite them to church with you on a Sunday morning. And in closing, let me say, the church is more than a mere religious institution or organization. It's a fellowship of the redeemed of the Lord, the saved by grace, the born again, the family of believers. It's a fellowship of those who are washed in the blood, who are sanctified by the Spirit, and who are justified by faith in God. It is a fellowship of those whose names are written down in the Lamb's Book of Life and who have mansions and robes and crowns awaiting them in glory. The church is composed of the elect of God, of people who are living by faith, who are standing on the promises of God, who have repented of their sin, who have confessed Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. The relationship of the church to Christ is unique and special. 
Christ is the head and we are the body. Christ is the shepherd and we are the sheep. Christ is the vine and we are the branches. Christ is the king and we are the subjects. Christ is the master and we are the servants. And I'm thankful that I'm a part of a Christ-centered, caring church. And I'm not looking for a way out, but I'm looking forward to going up the moment the trumpet sounds. And by God's grace, God's grace, I'm ready to go. And you need to be ready also. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.